You are now tuned in to the AddictedToSuccess.com podcast, where geniuses, entrepreneurs, and next-level game-changers share their juicy little secrets on achieving massive success. This is the advice you wish you heard years ago. Be prepared and take note as we expose the realness and the raw of what it takes to be successful on AddictedToSuccess.com. Ooh, this is a very, very special interview today. I'm here with... Peter Vug, wow, six months to six figures is almost at a million purchases. This book blew up like crazy. Now Peter has his new book, Seven Rules to Seven Figures. He's going next level with it. And what I love about Peter, there's so many things. You know, Peter and I have hung out together in California. Uh, we've <laughs> we've had a whiskey side, fireside chat. Uh, we've, we've had so many uh, strategy sessions and amazing catch-ups with a number of awesome people in the industry and shared stages. It's been amazing. And the thing that I could say about Peter is he is so damn consistent to his message. Like he walks the talk, he lives and breathes it. And I can't say that for most people in the space, to be honest. Uh, so man, I'm so happy that you're here. I'm excited for your new book. I know it's just come out and this is exactly what the world needs right now because there are so many people that are in this space where they've realized they can't rely on the system. So I'm so excited for you to, to jump in to teach us how to decentralize our dopeness and how to you know go in and, and really create something new in this next chapter. Thank you, man. It's, it's my pleasure. And I love, always love connecting with you. We've done a lot of interviews. We've hung out at my house multiple times. We've hung out at the spot in Santa, uh, Santa Barbara. So it's, yeah. it's cool to continue to, to see each other grow and watch you grow and, and uh, do what you do, man. It's been, it's been fun watching from afar and fun connecting with you. Now we haven't hung out for a year because you've been gone. But uh, yeah, yeah, it might have been, it might have been a little bit longer than that, man. I remember the last time that you and I even did an interview, you didn't even have kids. Now you have two wow. kids under two. Yeah. Yeah. So you got two kids under two. I'd imagine your, your perspective would have shifted. What do you think shifted for you once you had both little legends come along? Yeah, it's even hard to explain. I, I've thought about that question. Really, it's your perspective of time. First of all, I thought I was disciplined with my time. I wasn't as much as I thought. When you have kids, you almost have, if you want to be a world-class dad and, and you want to be a dad that's there and also produce for your mission, you have to be super, super disciplined and focused. So I took my focus. I, I had to tell myself, Joel, I will be disciplined instead of working all the time. And that mm -hmm. was hard. So it's just making sure you're focused on the most important priorities. And you just, you say no a lot more. I used to make to-do lists all the time. Now I make not to-do lists. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so things just change because I want to focus on them. But I also want to set the example. I do have to work. I, I travel and speak. I was in Texas last week, Colorado. I was in Vegas yesterday. So I still am working and, and speaking and putting the, the mission out there. But now it, it's, it's different. Someone's counting on me. It's not about me anymore. It, it's yeah. almost like I'm off myself and I'm on purpose because I feel like kids don't really listen to what you say. They watch what you do and they watch who you become. And that's yeah. just, I take that. So there's nothing I've taken more serious than being a dad. So it, it's yeah. a cool feeling, man. I love this, dude. I, I go by the saying, bro, that ambition is different to purpose. Mm -hmm. I think ambition is kind of like the whole way. It's the hazing process of your entrepreneurship journey. And it's the push, push, push. Let's make it happen until it gets to a point where you're like, okay, I did the thing. 
Now I want something deeper and I want to be connected to something even greater than myself. I want bigger mission and that's purpose. So they're both great and they both, you know, serve in a way, but I think purpose is that level that it's harder to explain because it's not just a a measurement of something. It's how you're feeling on the inside too. It's a fulfillment process too, right? I, I almost feel like if you don't have purpose and only have ambition, you eventually either reach success, but there's no fulfillment or you get burnout. Yeah. So I feel you're, you're totally right. Cause I feel like the next level is purpose and mission, something bigger than yourself. I don't wake yeah. up like, what can I accomplish? I'm like, how can I help people? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I yeah. feel like that's the ultimate fulfillment. So you're so right. I agree. Cause when I had just ambition, I was making a ton of money, but I, I don't think I was fully fulfilled. So you, you and I both have been there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I look sure. at like addicted to success, right? And we're, <laughs> we're pushing a lot of the ambitious stuff. And that's great. And, and there are people that are literally not going to get the purpose part just yet. Like they hear it as a word, but they need to go through the ambitious stage to realize, all right, the next stage is the purpose. That's thousand cool, percent. Yep. It's better than doing nothing with your life. Like, <laughs> Well, your website doing, was addicted right? to success. And mine, I had a mixtape called Ambition is Priceless. That was my only yeah. focus was ambition. So it's like we both were in the trenches understanding like what purpose was after we went through some challenges and perspective yeah. shifts. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's that mature success. Yeah. That's cool, man. Uh, let's talk about the book because I know that this is something that the world absolutely needs right now. We need a game plan because when you wrote the book, Six Months to Six Figures, I love that it's strategic and you're very practical. This is what's great. You know, some people will say that, but then they won't follow through. It's just, you know, conceptual ideas, but no actual tangible things. And your book has tangible things. I, I believe that's one of the reasons why it blew up and it's nearly at a million sales. Uh, the economy has changed since you wrote Six Months to Six Figures. So the principles still apply, but the trends and also this whole industrial revolution that we're actually starting to shift into now has shifted. What are you seeing in this new economy? What's showing up Yeah, now? well, I, I feel like a lot has changed. And I used to say, everything has changed. What worked five or 10 years ago doesn't work anymore. Now I'm realizing what worked two years ago doesn't work anymore. And I think a lot of things have shifted with the economy, with the control, with the power, with the, with the actual industry. There's evolving technology. There's constant information being overloaded to you. So I think first, it's more important than ever to know yourself at the deepest level right now, who you are, what your strengths are, what your gifts are, and realize how much opportunity there really, really is if you have a blueprint, if you understand how to build a thriving business. That's the first thing. And, and I feel like with the new economy, what's happening, um, I was always trying to get to seven figures, Joel. I failed multiple years. Six, and I, one of the reasons I, I named it seven rules to seven figures is I feel like six figures, uh, $100,000 isn't what it used to be in the States and, and really anywhere in the world where things are getting so expensive, inflation, you have to start getting up to half a million, a million plus in business if you want to reach more people and make and turn it, like a real business into a lifestyle. So I'm like, I have to help people get to that seven-figure mark. And for me, I was trying to get to seven figures, doing more of what got me six figures. And I kept hitting a brick. So a lot of people, they just hustle and grind till six figures. But getting to seven is a different mentality. It's a different way of thinking. It's a different set of rules. That's why I wanted to really share the blueprint that I had. And where it came from, Joel, was like, Three or four weeks before my son was born, um, I remember I told everybody like I was going to raise my prices. I was going to speak less because my son and ironically, 
I, I had a couple speaking engagements the couple weeks my son was born and I raised my price. One paid the full price, a couple were paying less. I turned down, and this is just a side note, I turned down 40 or 50K of speeches the month my son was born simply because I told my following I would. But two, I challenged myself that I actually have created some leverage in my life to live my values and live my priorities and say no to certain things. So I want people from observation, most people I see that make seven figures plus, they either have no freedom or they have some freedom, but they're so focused on business and they're so focused on employees and and always being in the trenches with their team that their kids don't know who they are or they don't have their priorities intact. And a lot of people think you can't make seven figures. You have to sell your soul or you have to work a hundred hours a week or you have to give up time with your family. And I'm here to say, I almost feel like I hacked the system where you really don't have to give all that up. If you're strategic and you understand how to create raving fans, how to build a business, how to share your mission, how to reach more people, understanding what platforms to use and that scalability right now is more possible than ever. I feel like you can reach a seven-figure income on your terms with the right blueprint, but what it took has changed. I know now 15, 16, 17, 18-year-olds, Joel, making millions. And I know broke 40 and 50-year-olds that lost everything. So hold on. I'm thinking a couple of years ago, how... Do we have a society now where there's 50 and 60 year old, hard working, amazing, loyal, genuine people losing everything, going broke and 17 year olds making millions? We're in the craziest economy of all time because it's shifted. It's not necessarily about age as much as it is about value and as much as it is about really adapting and adjusting to the new times and having a network. So, I mean, it kind of walks through that, but that's what I've seen, man, it's just the craziest economy. And I, I think a lot of people don't realize the potential they really have if they understood how to harness it, which is what you talk about. And I feel like now it's easier than ever if you have the right roadmap, the right blueprint, and you you understand your mission than it ever has been. And it's the hardest yeah. time ever to build a business if you don't have a roadmap, you don't have a great network, and you have that figure it out myself mentality because that mentality, I think, holds you back. Yeah. Look, I, I think, and I love that you shared this. I think that one of the greatest skills you can have in, in an entrepreneurial space is sales. You know, if you can sell, there's no limit. Um, <clears throat> so you could, you know, if you're a great salesman, you could sell in pretty much any industry with most products, pr- pretty much all products with most. Oh, yeah. Uh, is there any specific industry that you've noticed, and even maybe like a product or a service? that is just crushing it. Maybe like the top three industries or top three products and services that people are really wanting right now that's taking those that are selling it or offering it to a, a seven-figure level pretty quickly. What yeah, and I think, I, I think more important than that, I really think more important than that is I, I, I share and I want people to know that they need to figure out what their gifts and strengths are and they need to figure out, I, I think whatever you do the best with the least amount of effort is your gift. And I think if you understand your gift and your strengths and you understand how to leverage and create some, some uh, maybe hire people that are good at your weaknesses, really you can dominate most industries if it's relevant to your strengths and gifts. So for me, it's like figure out your strengths, mix it with a passion and solve a problem people care about. You can be in any industry you want if it's relevant. So I think the top three, man, um, 
one of the top ones that people are getting into now in the last year or two since the pandemic is training, coaching, masterminds, anything teaching wise. I've seen people make six figures uh, teaching people. So like if you want, it, it, it's so simple. Any skill you have, you can help someone speed up their learning curve. That is a valuable skill. You can help them do that. So I know someone that was teaching Spanish, didn't know anything, uh, didn't know how to start a business, but started teaching Spanish on Zoom and was charging a couple hundred dollars a session. And I think they were making six or seven K a month, six months after doing it. I know teachers, Joel, teachers that didn't value the system they were in. They didn't like the changes the system was making. They quit and did homeschooling from Zoom to other students and made six figures, which is two or three times their salary. So it, so masterminds, tra training, coaching, leadership is very highly paid if you can understand your messaging and how to get clients. That's probably one of the top. LeBron James, Michael Jordan, we, me and you, we all have mentors. They have coaches and mentors. So training people, helping them, actually giving them guidance where they can cut their learning curve in half is a huge billion-dollar industry. And it's going to get even bigger. And there's going to be a lot of noise in the marketplace. So if you can differentiate yourself, um, that could be a huge, huge uh, moneymaker, but also it's fulfilling as well. But you have to be good at what you do. I see a lot of people, Joel, try to get in it and teach things they're learning and it doesn't work. You have to teach things that you've lived. What's that quote you used to say about a real leader shows through action what they can actually accomplish through their vision, through action. So like once you accomplish something, once you've mastered your craft, reaching back and helping people, that's number one. Number two I've seen is e-commerce ha has done well, drop shipping in a lot of different e-commerce stores. Um, if you understand how it works is a big one. Um, I've seen courses and trainings of similar, similar aspects of uh, leadership and Zoom calls, but you're just creating a course that you create and you sell it time and time again without having to continue to put your time into it. It's that passive income. If you have an expertise it's important that you sell it because people can learn while you're sleeping. One of the reasons, Joe, I wrote the book Six Months to Six Figures back in the day was I could not sleep at night because I had a mission that I knew I had information that could help people because I had went from broke to six figures. I, have so, I was so obsessed with getting the message out there that I wrote the book. I didn't know how to write a book. I wasn't a good writer. But when the mission is bigger than the feelings, you make it happen. Yeah. So I wrote the book. Then I created a course. And the course has sold over 40,000 people have been through the course, 800,000 in the book. Just because I couldn't sleep at night, you could ask Kayla, my wife, I, I, I wasn't even the same person. And I, didn't, I told myself, Joe, I said, I'm not going to write another book till I have the same feeling I had. And before my son was born, I had that feeling. I said, I see too many people creating businesses with no freedom. If you've built a $100 million business with no freedom, you, you did it all wrong. You got $100 million, but you have no freedom. One thing yeah. I love about your business is you travel the world, you do what you want, but you put obviously your people first, but you have a lifestyle. If someone's like, hey, I'll pay you a million dollars, Joel, to let me control your schedule, I guarantee at least the Joel I know would say, no, I'm yeah. good. I want to control my own schedule. So that's yeah. why I love courses and creating content like that. And then for me, what I love in the States, what I've been a part of that I've seen a lot of kids get into that are crushing it is real estate is great. And then crypto. I've been into crypto as well. Crypto, NFTs, things like that. The online stuff. So everything is online. And we can keep going in industries. There's skills you can develop. Sales is one of the top ones in the world. Copywriting is a great one. You know what I mean? Sales copy. So uh, 
social media, if you're creating, I'm paying someone like three or four K a month to create content for my, for my Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Like if they have, I'm paying them, let's say four K a month. If they have four clients, Joel, four times 16 times 12, they're making 180 K a year, four clients. Yeah. So it's just, if you have that skill, I'm telling you, there's no shortage of ways to make money. There's just a shortage of, of people's mindset and the limitations they have. That's what I've noticed. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think to your point too, finding that thing that you're really good at, Yep. you don't necessarily have to be so, so, so different to everybody else. It's just, what's that signature thing that you have developed because you found your way of executing your craft that it has a subtlety of something different where people are like, oh, that's edgy. Like, I like that. There's something mm-hmm. unique about it and they want that. And like, what would you say, bro? Would you say you only really get that through sitting down and being passionate about your craft and doing it over time? Does it evolve into your signature or what, what's the process? Well, I feel like you have to think about what makes you different. You have to study the competition. You have to ask yourself what makes you unique. You have to ask your clientele. The whole purpose of business that I think people miss, you get this at a very high level, but most people miss the purpose of business is to create raving fans. That is the purpose. Not to make money, not to create freedom, to create raving fans. The more raving fans you have, the more raving fans you have that you get results, the better business you have. Now, if you can leverage those raving fans and they tell people about your business, they rant and rave, you leverage their testimonials, you ask them questions because customers are marketing geniuses. If you ask your customers what they want and you deliver, you're always going to sell out of everything you have. So I think the way to do it is ask your customers, figure yourself out. And then the question I ask is, why should I do business with you? You have courses, you have masterminds that are amazing, but Joel, why should I do your mastermind or join your mastermind? over everyone else in the world. You know what I mean? People have to ask themselves, why should I do your business, buy your product, join your, your circle, uh, buy a house from you if you're a realtor? Why should I choose your services versus everybody else in the world that has services similar? And if you can't answer that, that's your edgy expertise. If you can't answer that, you're going to be in a crowded marketplace. And I think yeah. people uh, are, are, I think the worst thing you can be, I talk about it in the book in detail at how to get away from this is just another. How many people do you see, Joel, every day? Oh, just another speaker, just another author, just <laughs> another realtor, just another motivational guy, just another mortgage marker, just another this. That's the worst thing you can be is just another. And yeah. I think in the motivational space, Joel, we're seeing a lot of just another that are just fluffy oh, yeah. and hey, you believe in yourself and they're not getting controversial. They're not sharing actual truth. They're valuing what people think about them versus the truth and being polarizing. So yeah. it's like people have to realize they got to be a little bit different. And like you said, you don't have to be the end all be all the best in the world. You have to figure out what makes you different. And every single person on earth has different DNA. So you are different, but it's figuring it out and portraying it to the world. Yeah. You know how before we were talking about the difference between ambition and purpose is like a journey. I feel like it's like that with you creating your brand too, because initially yep. you and I probably both did it. We found inspiration in certain figures. I know you were inspired by Grant Cardone, you know, and a number of other people in the space. I was inspired by Gary Vaynerchuk, inspired by Tony Robbins. And so some of that is modeled in the beginning because you need something to emulate. Yep. But then it starts to evolve as you actually start to feel more confident sharing your story and developing what you talk about a lot, man, is this world-class self-awareness. So 
this is this is key, guys. Like the more you know about you, the more you actually identify with your strengths. There, and people start liking what you do because you're yourself. That's the crazy thing. Yeah. Like you actually are more valuable by being yourself. And I think that's huge. And I, you can relate to this, Joel. I remember speaking at Success Live. I'll never forget this because it changed my life, how I snapped out of these expectations that people had of me. I was speaking at Success Live. Les Brown is right after me, right before me. And I'm the youngest speaker there. I have uh, jeans and a, a, a t-shirt on with my Oregon boy hat, right? Just be myself. And everyone's dressed to the nines. I, I mean, they're, they're wearing three-piece suits. As you know, you've interviewed Les multiple times. Three-piece suit. Everyone, even the audience members are wearing suits. So I, I'm, I'm, it's the morning time. I'm eating breakfast. I'm about to speak. And I'm like, oh my gosh, should I even be here? I, should I be dressed better? Should I be in a suit? I, I don't know. I, I'm nervous. I, are they going to judge me? And I'm like, wait. I snapped out of it. I said, no, no, this is why they hired me because I'm myself. You can make money being yourself. It's not about what I'm wearing. It's about who I am and my message. So I went out there and delivered one of my best speeches in my hat and everyone held three-piece suits on. I found out later, I got booked to speak in Dubai, Joel. They paid me to speak in Dubai, keynote speaker over, over Brian Tracy, by the way. They told me I, yeah. they picked me over Brian Tracy because they wanted someone fresh and new and young that did not always wear suits because they want to show that you can be yourself and still make money. And that speech got me booked at so many other events because it's the new wave, man. You can be yourself and make money now. 20 years ago, you got to play the game and wear the suits. And now it's like, you can be yourself. So I think what you don't know about yourself these days controls your life. And if you can get to know yourself, I think really that's the ultimate competitive advantage of business of money, of happiness, of fulfillment, of success. What's the price? You tell me, what's the price of laying in bed at night on your pillow, knowing you're living your purpose, feeling fulfilled, knowing you're being yourself? There's, There's no tag on that, man. It's priceless. It seriously yeah. is. And this is what I think is happening right now. People also have certain things on their heart and they're not speaking up with what's 100%. going on in the world. And- you know, to other people that, that are witnessing you not speaking up, they may think, oh, uh, this person's not involved in this. They're fine. They're safe. But to you, you may go be to bed at night thinking, damn, I'm going to regret this. Like, I, I wish I was being more of me. Or I got to say that translates something. into your business too. You know, there's so many times where people are hesitant, they resist, they hold back because they keep worrying about, am I good enough? Am I smart enough? Like, you have to just step in the freaking ring. Like you got to get the skateboard rolling, you know, you got to get that momentum and then you can learn and kind of jump from there, you know, leap from there. But just in the way of the teachers that you were sharing before, you said that there were a couple that uh, were able to turn their gifts of teaching into a six figure business. How would somebody like, cause I'm sure there's someone listening right now. There's probably many people listening right now that are like, that's cool. I want to be able to use my gift. How would they be able to get clients or leads? Like what's that process? What do you, yep. what so have you seen through your experience? I've seen, first of all, mastering your craft or having an expertise. So if you don't feel like you have an expertise, you just got to, got to work and, and, and really go behind the scenes and, and master your craft. There's no replacement for being good at what you do. If you're good enough, the money finds you. So there's no replacement. So I don't want to have people think you can cut a corner. You can't, you have to be good at what you do. Okay. But second, you have to understand once again, it's about creating raving fans. So whatever you feel you're good at, start helping people, start adding value and start creating some success stories. This takes zero money. 
It does not take money to create success stories. It does not take money to create success and to create actual raving fans. Once you start creating raving fans, it's about focusing on your unique ability, your positioning. Then people start coming to you. There's a story I talk about with P90X. They were the they were on the uh, verge of bankruptcy. I don't have you heard of P90X over there, Tony? Yeah, uh, yeah, Tony yeah. Horton. Yeah, the whole workout program. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. the number one best selling DVD of all time, all time. And he he told me the story of how they went from broke to twenty million. One thing he goes, we were doing it all wrong. We were stressed. We almost went under. We were going bankrupt, and we changed one thing. I said, "What'd you change?" He goes, "We just put up a before and after picture. That's it." I go, "Wait, what?" He goes, "We started the before and after pictures." So what that shows is he put a picture of someone before P90X and the result they got, and their whole business exploded. Joel could talk about his business for five hours straight about what he does. If one of his clients that he's got results with talks about his business for 10 minutes, that's way more powerful. If someone says, Joel changed my life, I got these results. I went from stressed and discouraged. I didn't know my purpose. Now I'm living my purpose. I wake up so happy and that's priceless. Joel's system helped me do that. That is 10 times more powerful than you talking about what you do. So people love talking about their expertise. It's not about that. It's about, can you solve their problem? So start making money. Money is a reflection of value. Put your value out there. Put your best stuff out there and watch what happens. That's really the key, man. There's no like crazy formula. I talk about branding and positioning. I talk about the power of the right foundation in business and social media in the book. So I do give very clear-cut, comprehensive action plans but in general, you got to just get your stuff out there. And people tell me, has anyone ever asked you, Joel, like, I'm not good on camera. I feel weird getting out there. I don't know how to put content out. I feel weird speaking. I don't know how to get my message out. If people say that, it's about them. They're like, I, 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 I. Yeah. It's not about you. It's not about you. If you get off yourself and you realize it's not about how you look or how you sound, it's about the message you're giving. Once the message becomes strong enough, you don't care how you look. You just get the message out there, right? So that's the first step is just mastering your craft. Second is putting your, your message out there. Create a test group. Hey, usually I was going to charge 500 bucks for this. I'm going to charge you half the price. or I'm going to give it to you for free to show you, but I will use you as a testimonial. And this forces you to actually get good at what you do. If you get them results, people will love to pay you for it. And there's legalities and there's tactics in between, Joel. But these days, getting a website creating copy, social media. It's not as hard as it used to be. It's not as hard to create a website and to do all these things as it used to be five or 10 years ago. Now it's becoming easier. You don't need to be technology savvy anymore. You know what I mean? So th that's what I'd say is just add value. How did you build addicted to success to millions? You yeah. literally just added yeah. value. You interviewed people, you shared it, they shared it, you added value. You didn't ask for anything for a while right? You didn't ask for anything. You just gave and then the money came once you started actually giving value and asking for it. So that's what I would tell people. I think people just want things too fast. They're like, how do I make money right away? It's like, you don't. Just add value first. People just think they can make money fast. You got to put value out first before you make money. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that people lack this understanding of the fact that you need to create a system, a formula, a blueprint. And that's what you did. You know, when you said that you were laying there in your bed and you just couldn't get to sleep because you knew that you created six figures and you're like, there's a system that I went through myself that I want to now teach. 
So guys, if you're listening, think about what would your system be? What would your blueprint be? What would your formula be that's unique to you? And it doesn't have to be wildly different to everything else. If it does, that that's even better, but let's work with what you got. And then from there, the results, man, I love that. That just let your results speak for you. That edification that's coming from others builds trust because it's not you having to brag your ass off. And actually, I think, do you think it's like easier to market when you can lead with the system and the results it gets? And then you're like, oh, by the way, you know, I, I'm here to support you in this journey too. It's so much easier. Percent. You don't have to think so much about yourself, you know? Thousand percent. Yeah. And the, and the work speaks for itself. Yeah. Because you're yeah, good exactly. at what you do. Yeah. That, that's a yeah. huge key, man. And people don't want to hear that you got to master your craft. They don't want to hear you have to actually get good at what you do. <laughs> but that's why it's such a crowded marketplace. Because people aren't good at what yeah. they do. They're just, and the thing is, if you market something that you're not good at, it just speeds up the process at which the world knows you're not good at it. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got to get good. So, so, talk, so talk to me, bro. You, so you make your income predominantly from your coaching programs. Uh, and then from there, you put it into real estate, obviously, which is great, a great investment. Uh, also, you, you split it off into crypto as well. So I know you're not going to do like a full rundown on crypto, but what's your experience been like with crypto and what, what kind of principles would you share just off the top of your head that we can consider if we want to get to seven figures with this? Yeah. So I, I uh, there's a four-step formula money-wise that I've always followed that I, when I interviewed 300 something plus millionaires the last 10, 15 years, it's a similar process that almost every millionaire follows. It's like four things you invest in. First thing you invest in is yourself, your mindset, your mentorship mentality. You have to invest in yourself. It's just every successful person I've ever met invests in themselves. Number two is back in your business. And whether it's your team, marketing, personnel, um, whatever it is, that's the second thing. Now you create a money machine. So now you're making, you're making money because you invest in yourself and your business. Third is assets that make your money work for you. So I'm always investing in myself first and I'm investing in my team and my business and my marketing and um, whatever it is that's going to allow my business to flourish and reach more people. Third, now I'm thinking about how can I invest in assets that make my money work for me? Your money should be little soldiers that go out and get more soldiers and bring them back to you. Right. So it, it, there's this old adage, Joel, where you have to save money. We grew up like save, 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 save. Saving is... At best, you keep a little bit of your money, but you still lose it with inflation. So I think I didn't learn about investing until I was like 20 something. It's crazy. They don't teach this stuff in school, but it's about investing your money to make you more money. So my favorites have always been real estate. I've made a great, great amount of income in real estate. We still have a ton of properties, fourplexes, duplexes. And I, I love the passive income. I love the ability to, to realize that people will always need a place to live. And, and real estate has created a lot of millionaires. And I, and I love real estate. My parents were involved in it. 2017, I got asked to speak in Tokyo. And there, I, I was judging some startups with uh, Tim Sykes and Gerard Adams. And one of the startups was a crypto company. And I was intrigued. I heard about it, but I was skeptical. And really the only, usually people that are skeptical have no guts because it takes zero guts. It takes zero courage to be skeptical. It, it actually takes courage to believe in something. So most people, I, I didn't have guts at that time. I was skeptical. I was like, ah, oh, crypto, Bitcoin, that's going to disappear. <laughs> my head's going to be gone in a year. That was, that was my mindset. But then I actually, usually when you learn about something and you actually do your due diligence, you really realize if it's the real deal or not. 
So I connected with uh, the CEO of this company and uh, another girl that was there that was part of the company. And we talked for three days. I was playing devil's advocate. I got in asking him about all kinds of stuff with crypto because I wanted to get involved if it was the real deal. And they killed all my questions. I, I went home. I did tons of research and due diligence and studying and, and understanding that crypto is here to stay because there's no other option for how the monetary system is going. There's no other, there's no other option. And with what it does and with the freedom aspect and with the ability to have control and not have an intermediary of a bank and be able to send money anywhere in the world in seconds. I've seen people send a million dollars of Bitcoin. It takes like seven seconds. I've seen that on a Saturday, on a Saturday, banks aren't even open. Right. So just from do, just from due diligence, man, I invested in Bitcoin 2017 and I've continued to invest in crypto because I believe it's the future. And now I look at it and I see, wow, a lot of super, super intelligent people live and die by crypto, invest in it, think it's the future. And I'm, I'm big about being around genius, like having a collective intelligence of people. And I've just studied it now. And now I, I feel like I don't really play the game where I day trade every day. I'm more like I buy the right ones and hold. And in order to figure out which project you want to invest in, you got to look at the, the technology. You have to see what problem it solves. You have to see who the CEO is, study the CEO. You have to figure out how much is in circulation. So we can deep dive into like what to look for, Joel. But anyone interested, I would just say, do your due diligence. I would just say some of the smartest brains in the world are behind it. And I see it as a long-term investment for my family. You know what I mean? Because if you scale out, it's, it's never gone down in a year. It's gone up every single year. And, and I think now it's a 60, 61000 $62,000. I bought Santana, my son, a Bitcoin at 4500 I huh. said, I'll buy, I'll buy him one too, 4500 So he now has 60 k and he's two. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Nuts, so it's man. like, That's I just, legacy, I, I believe in it because of all the research and due diligence. Yeah, dude, I love this. I love it. This is amazing. And the thing is, it's early. So that skepticism can kill your opportunity to jump into something early. And that's what you want to do because, you know, I bought a, bought a coin the other day. It's called um, XPR, Proton Chain. It's faster than um, Ethereum. It's like no gas fees. It's, it's going to pop like crazy. They worked on all their tech and usability first and have like 10 pieces of tech. They haven't even marketed or jumped on exchange, a bunch of exchanges yet. Wow. So they did it kind of the other way around because a lot of these companies will sell a concept and then hope to raise money to then utilize it. But they've done it the other way around. And I jumped in at like 15 cents. I think it's up at like 40 something cents now. But when I looked at it, like I, I went to buy some more and it's crazy because so much of this is timing as well, because, you know, it's volatile, like all crypto at the moment is volatile until you have enough holders in and it starts to stabilize a bit more. It kind of doesn't get as exciting in like in the next five or 10 years, it'll probably stabilize a lot more like the stock market. And so Right now, it can have like a 10, 15% drop on some days. And then it's like, oh, I'm going to buy in. But most people would have a mindset of, no, 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 sell off. Like they get scared and they don't want to lose more. But the truth is, you know, Warren Buffett says, when there's blood in the streets, buy, mm -hmm. buy it all up, like get, get in there. So, what lessons have you learned just in the trading aspect itself that has allowed you to be able to bring your finances together to make more than seven figures here? Like, is there any principles that anyone that's listening, that's like getting into crypto or getting into real estate, they, they get to just take heed of? 
Yeah. So I'll talk about what's kind of guided my financial decisions and, and helps me in building the net worth, but also the, uh, the capital for crypto. Uh, first of all, you have to be principle-based because behind every principle is a promise. Behind every mood or feeling is usually nothing. And I think there's nothing worse than making decisions off emotion. And if I study the top, top investors, uh, they, A, they don't have FOMO. There's no FOMO. There's opportunities everywhere, every day. So if you're like, oh, I missed it. It's like, that's not a good attitude to have because then you make irrational decisions next to, to make up for it, which that's not a good mentality to have. So I sell myself on the coins I'm investing in. I talk to my connections. I do my research. Once I, once I lock in and buy, I don't question. Okay, then I buy. This is important. I buy the dips and I look for trends either way, but I buy the dips Every time a coin I like that I've sold myself on, and here's what I look for, what type of technology, how many there are, past history, partnerships, who talks about it, right? I study the CEO to see what they've done in the past, if they're the real deal. If all of that matches up, if it's a, if it's, if it's a smart contract and it solves a massive problem, if it has big partnerships like Ethereum partnered with Visa a while back, of course, it went up $1,000 after that news. And I found out the news right before everyone else did. I invested more and the money went up, right? So I look for that kind of stuff. Once I'm sold on the coin, it's very simple. My philosophy is I buy when they're down. And anytime they go up or hit all-time highs, I sell off my initial profits and I sell off my original investment um, to make sure that I never lose money. And every time they go up, I take a little profit. And then when they go down again, because they always, I've never seen a coin, Joel, in the history of me being in crypto that hasn't gone up and down. Not once. Yeah. <laughs> Not once. So I, I buy when they're low and I sell when they're high. Now, this is the opposite of most people. It, the, your coin goes like this. You get scared and you sell. And then it goes up and you have FOMO and you buy. Exact opposite of what you should be doing. So we've made a killing just doing that. And we have an inner circle. I have a really cool mastermind group that's really crypto focused. I have a couple experts that have just been trading for so long. They know the algorithms. They're just really smart. They think ahead. They know all the charts. I don't sit there and judge the charts. I'm not good at that. That gives me a headache, to be honest. You might okay. be better at that than me, but I can't do that kind of stuff. Te technical analysis. Yeah. Makes that's not me. <laughs> but, my, but my friends know that, right? So that's what I do. So when Bitcoin hit an all-time, when it hits an all-time high again, I'm going to take more Bitcoin off. So I've taken quite a bit of Bitcoin and put it into USD in a stable coin because it's so high. And then once it dips, I buy a bunch more. So do, I just accumulate that, money, that way. Do you use that money to put back into your business? Do you use it to put in a real estate? Like how, how do you scale this? No, crypto's crypto. So I keep all that. Yeah. And I'm very fortunate to have money come in from, from eight, nine different ways, from real estate, from from training, from my academy, from coaching, from the courses, from speaking, yep. from the book sales, from Audible. So my real estate money is my real estate money. Uh, I have a rental account, but so I buy and sell real estate with the same money. Now, the money I get from my business, first focus is investing it back in myself and my business. After that, it's wherever I need, wherever I feel like there's opportunity. So it's once yep. I make the money, it's crypto real estate, one of the two. So I yep. do invest that. But when it's in real estate, Joel, I keep it in real estate. And that's it. Yep. When it's in yep. crypto, I keep it in crypto. So yep. most of my crypto uh, investments from my business have gone up and I keep it in there. Yeah. This is really important, guys. Like you got to diversify. You know, Great you can't have all your yeah. eggs in a box, but like grow on each one, learn the principles. And, and actually some of those principles will be applied in multiples as well, right? In each, oh, each 100%. one. So, so, okay. Crypto is really important to you. I get it. 
it's you know i get that real estate that's a no-brainer um business we're always learning and adapting my question is what happens if and we're hypothetically speaking it feels like it's trying to go this way right now but it hasn't quite made it there what happens if there's a centralized model that comes in and it like the walls come in and everyone's funneled into this centralized system what do you think the best play would be for us to still maintain sovereignty right now I think a couple things. One, I think you have to be diversified. You have to have some cash. You have to have, I don't, I was talking to this exact question arose in my mind. So great question. I was talking to some of my, my, I guess I would say most intelligent money friends, like the highest net worth that like really know the banking systems and stuff. And uh, it's important to have some money in the, the biggest banks, because if any of the top four or five banks fail, they're going to have a, a huge problem that's just bigger than money. So like when Laban Brothers and when Washington Mutual went under, that was a huge issue. So having your money in, in some of the biggest banks, Wells Fargo and stuff, I used to think was scary. It's important to have some in there. Uh, I like crypto because they can't touch it and they can never monitor it no matter what. So even now, what will happen if something centralized come out or there's news that comes out about controlling crypto, controlling you, it's illegal, you still have your crypto. It will go down because of all the, the 10 or 20% of people that don't understand the technology, that just want to make money with it. They don't understand it. They'll sell because they're scared, but the core holders will keep it and it'll eventually go back up again because there's only 21 million and because it's so easy to use and because it's actually a, uh, a currency, right? It's, it's, it's somewhere that you can keep currency and buy and sell uh, in seconds. So diversification is huge. Real estate-wise, it's tricky right now to buy because of all these big companies, BlackRock, Vanderbilt, they're literally buying up a lot of real estate in bulk. So I, we put an offer on a, on a ranch up in Montana, Joel, and put 80, we, we, we put 80,000 above asking cash. I'm so sorry. No, you're not in the final offers. I said, hold on. We put 80K above what they were asking. And wow. I told you, we, we would go higher because we love the spot. It was perfect for us. We'd go higher. Like, why don't you come back to us? We're I'm so sorry. They had an offer. They couldn't refuse. I'm like, and that's happened to almost everyone I know. So it's wow. like trying to get into real estate now would not be that intelligent because it's a seller's market, not a buyer's market. If you have real estate that's very, very high, it might make sense to sell and kind of live off the grid or get an RV or, or rent, uh, like live a little bit below your means to stack that cash because the market's going to correct eventually. But it's just diversification, man. It's just having cash. It's having crypto. It's having some an actual nest egg where you can survive six months without like a job without, if they somehow control certain money, you, you still have money to, to, to live for six months. It's a tricky question to ask because it's like, there's only so much we can do because they have yeah. so much control in terms of money. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I'm, I mean, I'm a little nervous because a, a lot of places now don't even accept cash. Yeah. It's crazy. It's like it's cash is cash. Absolutely. Cash is king, I heard. But now they're, oh, we don't accept cash. I'm like, what do you accept? What's realer than cash? A fake credit card where, the, where they loan out our money for 20% interest and pay us 1% interest? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a crazy world, man. But I think just diversification, have your money in different spots. We have cash. Yeah. We have real estate. We have money in the bank. We have crypto. And yeah. I just, and your greatest asset, I think, is your mind and your business that you can print money when you want based on the system you've created of adding value to people. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that you want to be able to have enough diversification where if something ran into a wall of trouble, 
they can't leverage off that to pin you down and control you. Exactly. That's the key. So like right now, like audit yourself right now and sit and look at like, what am I doing to diversify? It doesn't need to be that you have multiple six figures in one account and another, like just start, just start putting some over here, some over there, like start putting some things into, into places where it's diversified and it's not under the one exact system. Eventually, if they want a centralized system, well, that's just a different game plan altogether that you'd have to come up with. Um, and even but it will be easier if, you ha- if you're diversified. Even if they be, do yeah, that, exactly. it's easier. Yeah. 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 But also you've always have your mindset too. So if you're not investing in that, like as, as Peter says, is so important, then it's going to become 10 times harder for you if there's a centralized system. So I love this, man. There's, there's some cool tech that's being created in this time, right? Like these decentralized apps and technology that's coming out. There's a lot of innovation that's oh, allowing yeah. us to stay in, in our sovereignty. The uh, blockchain. Awesome, yeah, that, and that's the purpose, the freedom of it. People love freedom. That's why it's so addictive to people now. And they're so committed and excited about it is because for the first time, it's not government controlled. Now, does the government like that? No. But do the people do? Yes. And the people are going to speak and people like you are speaking truth and speaking up. The only way that we're going to get our freedom back is if we have values and we stand strong in our standards and our freedom and, and fight and talk when things bug us or talk when things don't feel right because other people are feeling the same way as you. So I love that you said that because yeah. it's so true. If we accept and just question nothing, there goes the economy. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Dude, I know you had uh, Zuby. Zuby's been making the rounds and sharing some yeah. awesome content. I know you had him on your podcast. Uh, what was the biggest takeaway that you guys created together on that, that episode? Ooh, a lot. I, I think he brought up when there's fear involved, there's no rational thinking. And because... I, sane people now are, 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 they're trying to pin sane people as insane yep. because of how manipulated and fearful our society is. So a lot of the stats he talked about and what we talked about sounds so normal, but to outside world, we look crazy. It's like, mm. how have they, there's, there's many tips, but first I love that he values truth and freedom over what people think and fear. That's, that's yeah. already the greatest lesson. He, he yeah. values truth over people hating him, calling him names, giving him death threats. He values laying in bed at night, feeling good about himself, looking in the mirror, feeling proudly speaking truth, than getting hate, which yeah. we should all value that because I think that's where you create a real legacy. But we talked about not just the government, but the news stations. Everyone's so obsessed with what's happening, having control, the masks, everything. They never have once talked about exercise or health, or Mm. wellness, or Mm. actually protecting your body and having a strong immune system. Not once. It's always one mask, two masks, get the jab, get this, get this. We can help you be healthy. You can't help yourself, but we can help you be healthy. Uh. Right? Why don't they promote health and vitamin C and wellness and exercise and gym and not eating fast food? Oh, because it's not about actually what they care about for us. It's not about having our best interests in mind. It's about power, control, and money. And we also discovered that was just, it sounds crazy thinking about it, but think about this, Joel, how many people died from COVID the last year at the same time, depression, suicide, heart disease, mosquitoes, uh, driving like car accidents has killed more people. Yeah. But, but. They're not like, hey, get your mosquito spray. They're not like, hey, make sure you don't eat fast food. Hey, make sure you, you drive careful and wear your seatbelt. They're just focused on control. 
So if people understood that, they'd be so much better off and they'd have so much more freedom, flexibility, and fulfillment. But fear's taking over. Fear's taking over the society and we have to adapt or there's going to be no more freedom left for most people. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, that, I mean, think about that. Why don't they talk about fast food? Why don't they talk about mosquitoes are killing more people than COVID? Why are people so scared when, when the success rate is 99% and people are like, if I don't have a mask, they're like, <gasps> it's like, dude, A, you have a 99% chance of, of surviving. B, yeah. why are you so obsessed with me if that works? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's just well, like, it's, there's it's, no logic. It's nuts because you, and we're going to wrap up soon, man. I know we're going to have a I'm shorter getting, You're getting me fired up now, dude. <laughs> you know, the thing is like every industry has been bastardized. It's been distorted and taken advantage of. We can see that. That's when this greed comes into play. Now, I don't know if you know this, but if you look at the history of the medical system, uh, back 111 years ago, so this was in 1910, at that time, homeopathic, naturopathic, herbal medicine was like mainstream medicine then. That's what most people were taking. Now, you had these two guys that we know of, these foundations of uh, Rockefeller and Carnegie. I knew, it. Carnegie. I knew you'd say that name. Yeah. Rockefeller and Carnegie stepped in. And what they wanted to do was they wanted to bring in petroleum-backed uh, patent pharmaceutical products. And so in order to be able to make that thrive, they needed to monopolize the industry. So they bought out these two brothers called Abraham and Flexner, and they created this Flexner report, which gave them mass media exposure to pharmaceuticals to start advertising pharmaceuticals. They also bought the schools out. So there was like 22 schools around 1925 to about 1940. By the time they reached 1940, there were no more schools left that were considered schools for medicine. They were all schools that were Flexner schools. And the only way you can become an MD, a medical doctor, have your master's degree is by going to a Flexner school. So they literally cornered and outed the whole natural way of treating our body. And it all became about pharmaceuticals because they can't patent something from nature. You can't do it. Like I can't patent a freaking apricot seed. And by the way, apricot uh, seeds you can extract B17. This is a vitamin that God's given us called vitamin B17. It actually literally destroys cancer cells. But what, what's happened is because it can't be patented and made into a pharmaceutical product as a sale, the FDA has banned it. You, so you guys, if you're listening, you can hear like how this is being monopolized. Think about that logically. Think about that logically though. And also if, if we actually allow that to happen, Joel, people are healthier then they're not going to make money on the back end because everyone's healthy. So it's a double negative if they don't have our best interests in mind. Yeah. And also healthier people are happier, right? When you're happier, there's so many benefits. I know when I'm happier, I tend to do a lot better in business. So we thrive, sure. we become more free and we thrive. You look at uh, your country, bro, Florida, you know, they had these multiple sports teams, when all the rest of the country were in like lockdowns and mandates, Florida was open and free and they all three teams kicked us and won all their finals. And so the lesson behind that, if you look a bit deeper, is that people succeed when they feel freedom. And, and this is what happens when you're looking at lockdowns that are happening in different countries around the world. What they're doing is they're isolating people down so they can have uh, centered focus control over people. If we can isolate and bring people into fear in a group and they all start talking about what they fear, we've got them to submit. 
it's a, it's an age old trick, bro. It's happened throughout history, but it's psychological darkness. And we've got to do our best to rise above that noise and stay in a higher frequency of freedom. And that's what and Zuby said is you when you're it. in, when you're in that group, they make the actual people that go against them, the, the intelligent ones, they try to make them look insane. Yeah. When they're the ones that are actually trying to spread truth. That's the scary thing about society. So I just want people to, like you said, wake up and, and, Start really, if something doesn't feel right, if you don't want to do something that someone tells you you have to do, stand yes. up. Yeah. So, so, bro, all the financial principles are in the book. Uh, seven rules to seven figures, guys. Make sure you get your hands on it. Uh, you can order that from Amazon, right? You can get it from yeah. your website. What's your website address? Yeah, well, they can go to sevenrulesbook.com. We give a lot of bonuses there if they want to get the execution. There's like a workbook that comes with it as well. But Amazon too, um, I'm happy if they check it out. Yeah, whatever, however they want to get it. I'm excited, man. I, I really feel like this is my most important work. And I think it's something that'll give people a, a proven roadmap on how to build a life on their terms. One that allows them to have freedom and a business that helps people. So it's kind of a win-win and I'm super, I'm super excited because the timing of it as well. So thank you for helping me yeah. share my message too. Love this, bro. Love it, man. Awesome. Thanks so Appreciate much, you. bro. I freaking love this. We always end with this last question though. The last question is if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world. What would that last 30 seconds sound like? In all my experience, <clears throat> I've realized the greatest currency there is on earth is the effect you have on another human being. And I've noticed that if you put people first and you really, really know yourself and spread truth and develop people in the highest level, it's the most fulfilling world you could possibly live. And people that are selfish are the most unhappy. So I would tell you, get on purpose and off yourself. And the number one question I get my whole career was, how do I inspire people? I want to inspire my mom, my dad, my friend, my brother, my sister. And I realized eventually that you don't. You live your best life. If you live your best life and you practice what you preach and you walk the walk and you actually live what you feel is right, the right people will be inspired more than ever by you just living your purpose. That's what I hope for everybody.